0: visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Stay connected and never miss a beat with at and Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. The numbers told the story;
2: they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on V Happy to be with you here on a mon or not a Monday. It's a Wednesday. I got to figure out what day of the week it is. Got to figure out what day of the week it is. Eventually, I'll get it right. I'm Jeff Parlinson for Gil. Ben Wilson's in my chair today. Good morning, Ben.
3: Good morning, Jeff. It is Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: I'll figure it out. It's Monday, it's Monday for you and I together. Three day, three We'd, day. We
3: had a lovely time last night on, on primetime action together, even though you had two pretty hilarious oh MLB losses. But, but look, when it's, when it's the <laughs> middle of summer, that's uh, that sometimes we get you through a show. And that all, was very all, I will,
2: all I will say is, so Ben and I have done primetime action. I think that was the third time you and I had done that show together on two of the three primetime action shows that you and I have done. We have had just some ridiculous thing occur. You with back in March where you had a first half live under where a guy legitimately threw in a three-pointer where he chucked the ball from behind his head and over the top like that somehow went in. And then last night where we have a, a an in-game over in a baseball game where Davey Martinez is challenging the final out of a game down 10 runs. You ended up surviving your bet. I did not uh, last Ro- night. Uh,
3: when the Royals are when the Royals are incapable of scoring any runs, you figure any team total bet under is probably safe with them, and that was again the case last
2: yeah, night. Yeah, the uh, the Roy- the Royals are uh, not good, not good for sure. Oh, here we go, Ben. We, we we get to go into the show here real quick. By the way, Alex Schiffer is going to join us next the uh, next uh, segment. Talk NBA with him. Josh Towers, Jason Weingarten, Brady Cannon are guys that will be with us throughout the show. Up well, Brady probably for. 11-15 on today. We got a lot to talk about in the golf sphere because this morning, Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, the latest defections from the PGA tour to the new live golf tour. They won't play this week in London, but it looks like they will be playing next week in Portland, which will be the first stop in the United States for Greg Norman and Saudi Arabia's live Tour. So we'll see not really surprising in the end, despite DeChambeau's denial of, after Phil Mickelson's absurdist comments a few months ago. Uh, but the ends up there along with Reed and then joining the group, which includes Taylor Gooch and Dustin Johnson and Kevin Na, and of course Lefty himself in uh live. by the way, no, that is two weeks from now, I should say, in Portland, of course, next week in uh in uh, the country club next week, uh there at Brookline, Massachusetts for the US Open. But Ben, this just uh this just came across. We have the officiating assignment for tonight's Game Three, and normally we wouldn't—we would only bring up the refs if a certain few people are involved. I'll give you one guess: the head official for tonight's Game Three in Boston is Ben. Does is it, is it, is it rhyme with Todd Scottster? Yeah, you—you okay. got that right. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Scott Foster will be in Boston tonight. Uh, David Guthrie, uh, Courtly Kirkland, rounding out the crew. Oh, they don't have a, Kate Fitzgerald is in the replay center. I don't know if that's any good. If there's going to be any critical replays uh, with Fitzgerald there in Secaucus tonight, but there is a game three tonight. And now we—it's weird. I, I want to call him the extender, but what are we extending in a series that's already tied at one? You get Golden State on the board. We know he hates Draymond, so I just know my rhyming
3: mechanism just made me think of Scott's tots. Which ah was, yes 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 great yes.
2: <laughs> great. yes. Yes. yes, great uh, stuff uh, right there. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Scott Foster, Michael Scott, probably equal levels of self awareness when it's all said and done. Uh, but uh, the Warriors and the Celtics, game three tonight in Boston. The Celtics favored in a 1 1 series, three and a half point favorites tonight. Warriors still favored in the series, minus 115 overall. Uh, I said this yesterday on both shows. I said this on primetime action, and I said this on ye- yesterday here on a numbers game, but you're looking at a series where I would have no problem just taking the dog the rest of the way. But for tonight, this feels like a, a really good in-game opportunity tonight, Ben, where we just take advantage of whoever goes down large someone's going to be up double figures in this game. It's just a matter of when. And it's just a matter of timing what it's been this whole postseason where you just take the team that's getting down 15. All right, we'll take Golden State getting getting 11 or whatever it end up being. Boston falls down double digits. All right, we'll take Boston to the plus and plus the points for the first time in this game. But this series, as I said yesterday, Ben, it just feels like it is just an even series where right now, if you made me bet it today with Golden State a minus 115 favorite and the Celtics at minus 105, I would probably bet the Celtics. That's probably the way I would go, despite the fact that the Warriors have the best player in this series and Steph Curry. But I, I Boston's the better full team, especially like you and I talked last night on primetime action. If Klay Thompson is not going to show up here, It is going to be awfully hard for the Warriors to win this series without a second true score. And if Clay is not going to be that guy that puts the pressure on Wiggins, who going to need his defense? Draymond doesn't score anymore. You're asking Jordan pull off the bench to have big scoring impact. So, I the the Warriors need Clay. And for tonight, his point total is 19 and a half. Think that point total way too high for Clay. At least a bucket. Too high for a guy who just doesn't look like he's been able to do anything. There are your player props for tonight, VSon.com. Of course, you can go check out all uh, all the great betting information we have at vison.com right now. Clay at 19.5 is too high. Steph at 28.5 is about right. I like Looney over six and a half. That's the only thing on a Warriors side I really like from a points per uh, points or really honestly any. Of those player props, The rebounds. I think all the numbers are right. Assists. I think all the numbers are right. But Ben, just looking at this game all the way around, if Clay doesn't step up here, it is going to be going to be very hard to see Golden State at least taking tonight, and heck, even taking any games in Boston in this series. They're going to need Clay. To show up in one of these games, whether it be tonight, whether it be uh, two nights from now in game four, or eventually, let's face it, this series is not going to end in five. And if it does, that means someone, one of these two teams really put the pedal to the metal and really put the the hammer down. I, I would be looking at Clay Thompson's under tonight because I don't think it's tonight where Clay has the big game. Yeah,
3: I'm with you. Well, and, and we heard Steve Kerr even say after Game Two, this is such a high variance series. And when you have a coach admitting that, when you have two teams each basically on their own attempting roughly in the range of 40 you percent know, of their overall field goals are from three, you're gonna ha- like you're gonna have a lot of these back and forth type big swings. And it's been what first two games, Jeff? We've seen. Uh, in the first two, in the first game, each team had a 15-point lead. Second game, obviously, the Warriors w- winning a blowout here. So you got to think the likelihood of somebody leading by 15 or at least double digits is, is pretty high in this game. So if you're looking at, at it like that, yes, I would say your your in-game perspectives lean towards exactly what you're saying. Got a chance of of, of making some dog-firing in-game uh, props, but at the same time, like for if there's going to be variants and there's going to be threes shot and made. Clay Thompson has to figure into that. And from what I've seen out of him when you're shooting 32% and you're averaging less than 14 a game and it doesn't really look like you can beat anybody off the dribble and no defender is really giving you any respect of that and just playing right in your face. Yeah, it becomes difficult. Uh, I, I mean, We saw the quotes yesterday. Steve Kerr basically saying he's he's pressing. He knows he's trying to do too much. I don't really know if it's even been that because he's been kind of invisible for large stretches, Jeff. It's it's not like he's you know bringing in a ton of boards and firing, you know, assisting on a, bunch of, on a bunch of buckets. It's like he's sort of just posting up in the corner waiting for his chance because he really knows that mobility isn't, isn't there right now. So I don't know that he's pressing. He's just clearly not 100%, and it's really, really hard when you're a guy who relies on beating other players off the dribble and you're facing a really, really elite defense to, to have that success if you are not
2: healthy, and he clearly isn't right now. I, I don't think it's pressing. I, 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 I don't think it is more than anything. I think it's just that this is kind of what he is right now. And when you have the two significant injuries that Clay has had, and, and again, it was a compact period of time with the ACL and the Achilles for Clay. And even though he's been back for months now, it could take all year for Clay to be back to what he was. Or maybe even, saddling up. maybe Clay is never what he was pre-injury again. And yet Golden State is here in these finals. I, I, ben, we talked about this on Primetime Action also. On the Golden State, or excuse me, the Boston side, for props, Horford and White, are the two numbers that stand out to me. You got guys with both 11.5 point totals here for the player props. Again, these are consensus uh, odds between DraftKings and BetMGM and FanDuel across the betting sphere. Horford, to me, you're you're, you're in a scenario where you're looking at ping-ponging between, basically. Horford went way over in game one, way under in game two. I expect him to go over again 11.5 in game three. Again, Role players usually play better at home. Horford has had a few great shooting games in this postseason, most of them at home except for game one. Derek White, we talked about this last night and yesterday, there is going to be a point where Derek White's point total gets too inflated. 11.5 is probably not that level. If you get to a 12.5, a 13.5 with White, let's say White tonight pours in 17. Game four would be the scenario where you look to play Derek White under. Because you're just going to have a number that's so inflated at that point that you're asking Derek White that basically, if you get 12 and a half, 13 and a half, you're asking Derek White to hit four threes at least in order to go over those.
3: If you talk to some people around uh, the, these parts, they'd say Derek White, you know, 500 to one to win Finals MVP. Is nah, the, we're good, Ben. We're good. We don't need that. <laughs> no, there's been a lot of Derek White love, and I look. It's amazing to me just to go back to January when they traded for him. And he, he couldn't make an 18-footer? No, couldn't it, do it anything. Is, couldn't do anything. Just, like, that is, to me, the thing for, for Boston. And aside from the whole Ime Udoka having a, just an amazing rookie season with growth as a coach. But a guy who they traded for, who could not even shoot the basketball, is now, like, a legitimate important part piece of, of their uh, offensive rotation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Again, Horford as well, who, again, looked totally done in Philadelphia. Looks like a real player again. In Boston. We're going to continue the discussion in the NBA. Alex Schiffer covers the league in the Brooklyn Nets for the Athletic. We'll get him next. He saw a lot of Boston this year. We'll get his perspective on these NBA Finals here on the numbers game on v Sin
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
4: Numbers game with Gil Alexander on V the sports betting network.
2: Load Nevada's premier sports betting app. It is BetMGM. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports wagers from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love MGM, state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on vSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil. We'll see Gil next week. Well-earned vacation for Gilly. See him next week. Ben Wilson's in my charts. It's the Mizzou duo for the rest of the week, which is good.
3: Be fun. I wore my special Mizzou volleyball 2013 quarter zip.
2: Yes. <laughs> 2013. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Nine SEC y- champions. That's nine year. years ago already. Yeah. it's craziness. Uh, now, now we bring in another Mizzou grad. He covers the NBA and the uh specifically usually the Brooklyn Nets but once the Nets were eliminated really the whole league this guy covers and this is Alex Schiffer joining us right now uh, Alex a uh, pleasure as always how you doing this morning
5: I'm good I'm on my way to the MoMA uh Ben I wore Mizzou polo today coincidentally and that 2013 volleyball team was pretty damn good I think they were undefeated.
3: 36 and0 yeah 36 yeah. and0 until they lost yes to Purdue Yes, the memories we're conjuring up here. It's uh,
2: yes, I, I love that we're getting Schiffer on the way into the city to go to MoMA. That, that that's good. That, that's a we're, we're the, the cultured Alex Schiffer himself uh, with us right now. Uh, it, Alex, just let's just let's just start uh, through two games. What are you? What, what's your biggest takeaway so far between Boston and Golden State?
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think either team has been dominant. You know, throughout obviously, Jason Tatum hasn't really played the way I thought he would. Um, just, just kind of been a mixed bag, really, given what the conference final suggested more than anything else.
2: Yeah, and and just just looking at this more than anything, I, I just let's start on the Golden State side here because let's face it, they're one bad quarter away from being up a holding serve here. But really, more than anything, Steph Curry's obviously been amazing in this series. But there's going to have to be a second scorer for Golden State in order to win this series in all likelihood, Alex. And we just haven't seen it from Clay. Do you think at this point of what Clay is, do you think he is capable of giving even maybe two good performances would be enough at this point?
5: Yeah, I think that's the question. You know, as you said, I mean, I don't – I feel like a lot of people these past few days have been – it's been the uh, Clay Thompson, what it used to be talk – And I I get that, but I also think it it, it was such a, you know, he he joined them in 2022. He missed the first few months of the season. I'd kind of like to see what he does with a full-off season and next season before writing him off. But, I mean, the the, the bottom line is the Warriors can't win the series with the way he's playing. And as you said, where's the scoring going to come from? That's not Draymond or Gary Payton. The second uh, game, by any means, you know, Andrew Wiggins, I think, has been very good for them throughout the playoffs. But, again, not... outside of the one game against Dallas, he hasn't really gone off. So I I think that's the question. Where's the other scoring going to come from? Because you start to go down the lineup. Jordan Poole, another candidate obviously, but, you know, they they just haven't gotten it from from the guys they need to step up, given Clay's performance.
2: Who's the one, uh, excuse me, what's the one adjustment, I should say, that you're looking for Kerr to make over these next few games?
5: That's a good question. I mean, you know, I – I don't know if there's anything he can do with Clay. I mean, I think Clay's enforcing some shots. Is there anything he can say to maybe get him in a better headspace with some of that stuff and, and maybe just create some better looks for him? But defensively, I mean, I don't I don't really think after the way they had Draymond get in, in Boston's head last game, there's anything to really do. So I think it's just offensively is there a way that they can get one of these guys going to give Steph some supporting help. And if it's not going to be Clay, you know, who's the guy that they try to maybe – Pick as their their
2: guy, Alex Schiffer w- with us right now here on a numbers game covers the Brooklyn Nets primarily for the Athletic, but as soon as the Nets get eliminated, he covers the entire NBA for the Athletic and and Schiff, Let's just move over to the Boston side here. Uh, look, you you watched uh, you you saw the Celtics a lot. Of course, they played the Nets four times in the regular season. They swept the Nets in the first round of, of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Now the Celtics are here. And Alex, the biggest thing more than anything for me with this team, forget the players for a second, is just how Emei Udoka has improved throughout this year. And look, he doesn't look like a first-year coach by this time. And, and Alex, at this point, we have to trust him like he is a veteran head coach as opposed to just his first-year head coach coaching a team in the finals where, again, a lot of these guys have not been in this stage.
5: Yeah, no, I've been extremely impressed with him. You know, I uh, I didn't get to know him that well with all the COVID restrictions last year, but you know, I'm, I'm I have a good relationship with Aaron Miles of uh, of KU, his his assistant. Um, I joked with Aaron that you know, there's that scene that they talked about in an athletic story about uh, you know, Eme after that sluggish Celtics start, not being able to connect with the team that well, and Aaron kind of like putting him in the wall, saying, "This isn't you. You're not being hard enough on him." I told him I was like, "Get something out of a movie." Um, you got like you got to give him credit. I mean, he the the job he did on Kevin Durant in the first round. I mean, obviously Milwaukee in the second round didn't have Middleton, but like over the course of a series, he's just kind of figured out what they need. And they're at this stage, obviously, right now where you can't count them out. Even they, they come back from so many deficits. Every time you think they're dead and buried, they they come back. So I mean, he he's been tremendous. And it kind of to me it just kind of makes you wonder why he didn't get a head why did it take this long for him to get a head coaching job because he's been a name in the mix for jobs
2: really the last five off-seasons, if not more. Well, yeah, I'm happy you brought that last part up. By the way, Celtics 6-0 and off a of losses this postseason. I'm no mathematician, but based off the numbers we had on there, 6-0 and against the number as well in those six games, covering every single one of them after losses this postseason. But I, I like that last point you brought up because this is – every once in a while you see a coach that gets a job that – you didn't expect to be filled, or a job that is one of those where you didn't expect Stevens to go to get a promotion, get to a different job within the organization. And and we all you got to think here, this could be a different looking thing for you, Doka, if like if he got the Detroit job or the Houston job, as opposed to a job where he had a lot of talent right away. And here you are with Boston in the finals. Yeah, no, it's
5: definitely it's definitely good food for thought. I also don't think people know. To tie this back to my beat, but that Ime Udoka was the original backup plan. Had Kenny Atkinson turned down the job, um, whatever year that was, 2016. So, it, it to me, it all, it, it's also as you kind of said, an interesting case study of like what could have been. I mean, clearly a lot of these guys that get pushed out of their job know how to coach, but sometimes the hand they're dealt just doesn't really do them any services. So, to me, it's kind of a perfect storm for him, where he got his first job with a ready to compete team. And obviously they haven't taken a step back by any means. I also think Greg Stevens is getting talked about enough of the job he's done as GM.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Alex, before we let you go here and let you go enjoy uh, MoMA this morning, just uh, what do you like tonight? What do you expect the rest of this series as well? So I guess a little bit of a Game 3 prediction and then a uh, rest of the series prediction for you.
5: Yeah, you know, I I have it going deep for sure. I think it goes 7 you know, tonight I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, you don't really see a ton of you don't really see Jason Tatum put three games to, bad games together, or just three games not like himself. You know, I, I saw it after he dropped 50 on the Nets in March. That you know, I, I didn't want to say the time, but now I think it's fair to you know he he's an effortless yeah, as effortless a scorer the league has up there with KD and those other guys when they're going. So I'm curious to see what they get out of him. And and obviously with Clay, I mean, you know, again since he was forcing shots and really not doing them any services the past two games. Granted, um they didn't need it in game two and they were up so they just can he even just get to the right head space where he's not forcing anything it's you to be playing within the flow of the game. That alone might be a win to kind of try and get him going.
2: He's Alex Schiffer. You can find his great work at the Athletic on the tweets at Alex underscore Schiffer covers the Nets, covers the NBA for the Athletic. Uh, Schiff, always a pleasure. Pleasure to have you on. Go enjoy MoMA for uh, for Ben and I this morning. Yeah, first time going to an art museum. We'll see if there's a second trip. Wow, look at that! The cultured Alex Schiffer. Thanks, buddy, as always for uh, Alex hopping on. I, I, ben, uh, I'm kind of that's the the last thing you dropped is the most surprising thing. Uh, Surprise, he's never been to it. I grew, up, grew up in New Jersey, right outside. Manhattan, how has he never been to an art museum before?
3: How is that possible? There's a lot of great art in this lovely country, especially yes. in the Northeast Corridor, Jeff.
2: Yes, 100%. He'll enjoy MoMA. Uh, last week on the vacation, Ben, went to uh, the Museum of Natural History, but because of uh, like a giant line to get in, we'd planned to go through for about an hour and 15 minutes before a, a lunch reservation. The line took 40 minutes to get in. So we had to basically race through uh, everything. We did get the dinosaurs, at least. That's the best thing. That's I'm surprised a- Schiffer hasn't been to the
3: Louvre. I mean, he seems like a guy who would love a croissant uh, on the on the outdoor <laughs> balcony of the Louvre after taking we're, we're in gonna, uh, ancient artifacts.
2: Next time next time uh, I talk to him, we'll have to see if he's been to Paris. But I'm kind of with you on that. But uh, no, uh, it, it, MoMA's one of those. Uh, the quick uh, uh, tourist uh, update here. If you've never been to MoMA, you, you should go to that one. It's a good good place. Good place there in Manhattan. Josh Towers will switch over to the Diamond. He'll actually ask Josh his thoughts on the Mets, and also, too, how would he handle what the Angels have been through the last two weeks as a player? That's next. Josh Towers joins us here on A Numbers Game.
3: VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: VSIN Summer Special is here, and for just 39 American dollars, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now through the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com and at VSIN. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets, JVT with all the best bets all the, on the NBA through the finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Final. We'll have plenty of preseason coverage for the NFL, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full v experience, we features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly. By the way, this week's will be edition 250 of Point Spread Weekly. Use of our betting tools and a live Video stream whenever you want it. The cost is just thirty nine dollars to be a subscriber through July thirty first. Sign up now, Veasan slash summer. Happy to be with you this morning. I'm Jeff Parozin for Gil Alexander. Ben Wilson is here as well, and now with us, uh, of course, our vsin MLB analyst. Of course, he uh, pitched in the majors. Uh, stops in Toronto, Baltimore, New York, Colorado. Uh, to name a few places, it's our guy Josh Towers. Good morning, Josh. Jeff, what's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, I'm good. It's good. Good to hear you this morning. And I just want to start off. Uh, let's start with the Angels because Joe Madden gets canned yesterday. It, Phil Nevin takes over. They're in the midst of this ridiculous long losing streak. They lose again in extra innings last night to the Red Sox, six to five. That losing streak is now reached. A baker's dozen of thirteen, and Josh. If you're if you're on this team right now, especially with a team that got off to such a great start, with arguably the two best players in baseball on the team, what are you what are you doing at this point when you're when you're losing thirteen straight and seemingly absolutely everything is going against you?
4: Uh, <laughs> I, listen, man. I, like I was saying yesterday, I had a nine game losing streak in Toronto, and it felt like eternity. It felt like the like. Like, you never won. You couldn't even remember the last time. It's a really strange feeling. Um it, Again, you, you got to go back to the basics of, of what the game is and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and the Angels, they don't seem to be doing that. They don't seem to be trying to manufacture. They don't seem to be, like, trying to get creative. And then the pitching is just – I don't know. The pitching is always the issue. I mean, guys have – You know, respectful numbers across the board, but, you know, the first two relievers come in and give up a run right away. And and, and you start to you really start to press as an individual. Every single person starts to press. You want to get the big hit. You have to get this out. And And I think that's the key word is I have to I have to and you don't. You have to trust your teammates, and they're not doing it. It, it, is a, it is a lonely, lonely feeling out there. You hear everything in the stands. That's the hardest part, too. When you're going well, you hear nothing. When you're going bad, you hear every whisper, every comment, and you can't get out of your head. Um, I, you know, I, Like I said, I'm, I'm sure at some point they've already went out and just all got hammered and tried to go that route. I hope they did at least. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what they need to do, man, to be honest with you. I didn't think that it was Joe Madden's fault, but somebody always has to take the blame.
2: Yeah, that that was one of those where it just kind of felt like, and it, it's kind of the same thing that happened with the Phillies last week where they fired Girardi, let Rob Thompson uh, be the interim. Phillies have won five in a row since uh, that, that has happened. But I, it just felt like, Josh, more than anything for Madden, a, a career that kind of ends with a whimper at this point for him. Of course, he has the World Series in Chicago in 2016, but it seems like after the NLCS appearance in 2017, Regardless of where he was, of course, he got canned in Chicago and now canned in L.A. Just a a guy who almost lost his touch, even though I am with you. It wasn't necessarily his fault that things went as awry as they did in Anaheim.
4: Yeah, and I don't necessarily think it's Joe's like, again, Joe's style of coaching is so much more relaxed and so chill. And you have to have the right environment Chicago Mm -hmm. with those guys. Created a great environment. They love dressing up on the road and doing different stuff. And maybe the boys in Anaheim didn't see it the same way. Listen, it's nothing right now and today. Okay, so you got Otani. And you're, you're banking on Noah Syndergaard who hasn't pitched in a couple of years. And you rushed a kid in Detmers at in a big league because you have no pitching. And again, that's, you cannot forget the fact that last year's draft, they drafted 20 pitchers in 20 rounds, which is idiotic. They develop horribly. Um, and, and, and that's the reality. They're not developing enough pitching. They don't know how to do it in the minor league system to continue to bring guys to the big leagues to help out what they have and help out the free agency they come in, and the Dylan Bunnies last year was an opening day starter. was awful, and that's the issue. I mean, Suarez did fine last night, but he threw 91 pitches. so we can only go five innings, and they need way more than that. The pitching is the biggest issue. It's always been the Angels' biggest issue, and until they seriously address the issue in the minor leagues, nothing's going to change.
2: Josh Towers with us right now talking baseball, of course, a former major league pitcher himself and RV sin MLB analyst. Josh, just looking at the rest of the AL real quick. Uh, we'll get to the Yankees in a second, but another team that has underachieved the White Sox. They're a game underwater. They're four games behind Minnesota. You can finally get a plus price on them to win the AL central at BetMGM MGM at plus one Oh five. Do you think it's time to take a shot on the Sox to win the AL Central, or have you seen what, or have you seen through fifty-three games a team that you don't think is capable of even winning that division, despite being big favorites going into the
4: year? Yeah, I mean, on paper they're beautiful, right? Like on paper, it's it. But again, this team hasn't really—they haven't been healthy. Their pitching has been inconsistent. The starters, there's no Lance Lynn, um, and we kind of saw this a little bit last year. And, and, and kind of like what the Mets are doing, who obviously are playing out of their shoes. They're giving Jacob and Max and Tyler Mago an opportunity to take their time to get ready, which is beautiful. The Indians are playing good baseball because they're, they're, their style in which they play and their pitching staff always gives them an opportunity, which keeps them around and keeps them around. But listen, at this point, you're still only four games back and you played about as bad as I think the White Sox can possibly play. And I'm only a series behind this team. Like that's got to give them a little bit of, a little bit of life, a little bit of hope. And, and it's, again, it's forwarded some of these guys like Lance Lynn, the luxury to, to almost take their time a little bit. And Cueto, again, he's only 2 pitches today, but he's pitched great. Um, I, I still think the White Sox long-term are the play, but, you know, things are going to have to start taking shape here pretty soon. And, and again, we're only two months into a six-month season.
2: Of course. Josh, long-term, who do you like better, the Yankees or the Strohs?
4: Oh, wow. Um <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. I I guess I'm still shocked at how well the Yankees are playing. But again, the complete opposite of, of the Angels, like we just talked about, Jeff. I mean, the the, the Yankees pitching, everybody goes six or seven, uh, sets the bullpen up beautifully. The offense complements them. The pitching gives them an opportunity to not have to do too much. And when the offense decides to have a good day, it, it complements the pitching and and I think the Astros are equally as good. I, 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 there are not as many big names in that rotation, but these guys have been, you know, cutting their teeth in the playoffs the last few years, and now they're they're leading this charge. I, that's a pretty that's a pretty even question, man. I think both these teams are pretty legit. No, it's it's pretty funny with the Astros, who
2: again, it, seemingly they lose a guy in free agency every offseason. This offseason, yeah. it was Correa, and, and because of. What happened with the sign-stealing stuff, they, they kind of don't get to do for how well they just, all right, who cares? We lose Correa. Jeremy Pena right now is the second favorite to win the American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, like you said, Verlander back from, from his injury, but behind him, you have guys like Valdez and Garcia and Nerkiti who have been great. It, this is an organization that ever since that total blow-up and rebuild, it doesn't matter who's on that roster. The team just wins.
4: No, yeah, again, it tells you about the minor leagues and it tells you about the structure. I mean, yeah, they. you get a serious black eye when you do some cheating like they did, but um, just stealing pitches alone isn't going to make you successful. I mean, you still got to hit it, you still got to feel it, you still got to throw it, and this team's done a really, really good job for a long time, and they clearly like Dusty over there, and they got rid of some of the front office staff. That was kind of like a cancer, uh, and they went back to, again, the, the – Listen, what they did was awful. You still signs, but you don't still signs that way. But they still had all of this young talent. They still had all of these players, and not everybody partook in that, and not everybody was hitters. Like This team has done a great job of developing for a long time.
2: Josh, uh, we have about a minute here. NL Central is the tightest race right now, 50-some-odd games into the season for both teams. Brewers have a half-game lead over the Cardinals right now. And the biggest thing with this is the Brewers are still a pretty significant favorite, all things considered, to win the division. Minus 250, a bet MGM for Milwaukee, plus 175 for St. Louis. Do you think the Cardinals are worth a shot at that price?
4: Um, uh, Check the remaining schedule. I mean, again, Milwaukee does a really good job of beating teams they're supposed to beat. We rarely see what we saw last night where they lose with Hader on the mound late. Uh, but they got the confident Phillies going right now. Uh, they love four in a row. The thing is, is they're under 500 versus teams with a better than 500 record, and that's that's what we know about the Brewers, right? We know mm-hmm. that that's the hard part. That's the playoff team that doesn't win. They beat up everybody else, and so uh, remaining schedule I think is going to be important there. But I, I mean, I, listen, I plus money, I'm okay taking the Cardinals.
2: Cardinals right now, half game out, both teams losing late. Hader gave up two homers in the ninth inning last night, and the Cardinals gave up a walk-off in the tenth to Tampa Bay, losing now 1-4-2. He's Josh Towers on the tweets at no at no don't Josh. of course. You can find him here across the network on a few shows as well. Josh, pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us this morning. Take care, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Of course. Uh, we're going to continue the MLB discussion next on a numbers game.
4: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: Back on a numbers game, of course, brought to you by BetMGM. And there's never been a better time to find out why. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. New customers can download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any NBA finals game. And if either team hits a three pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use the code VSIN200. And when you make your first bet, you can take advantage of that great offer. Sign up now. Discover why Ben MGM's daily promotions, boosted out specials, and more make Ben MGM the best in the business. Download the app or go to BenMGM.com. And again, use the bonus code VSIN200, that's VSIN200, to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer in any NBA Finals game. Visit BenMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets are site credit. And those free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. This promotional offer is not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. It's weird. It's still, still, uh, I know it's been almost six months. But it's still, uh still amazing to say New York shattering every record in the book on handle right now. That state no shock there. Ben Wilson.
3: You had a great time uh, making some, some wagers in New York and other yeah, legal, New, newly New, legal jurisdictions.
2: Yeah. New York was actually of the, of the ones I was of the newer ones I was in New York. I did not place anything. Was, uh, distracted with other, other, other fun and By merriment. Loma, of course. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the museum of natural history, central park, Visiting family on the, on Long Island, a little distracted, but New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois. Yes. Took full advantage, took full advantage of those places while uh, on vacation. All right, Ben, we are nearing the 60 game plateau of this baseball season, which means we always have to remind ourselves. Oh, it's, we got a hundred games left, but the biggest thing so far for me, and I'll start in the American league. Cause I have one on each side. I thought the Yankees were going to be a disappointment this year, all things considered. As in, all right, they either make, they win to make the wild card game again, Toronto or Tampa beats them in division for the second straight year. Yankees get a crack in uh, in that three game playing scenario that we get in those wild card series now. But I did not expect them to be an over an overwhelming threat to win a World Series or win a pennant. Like a lot of people did before the year. And I will admit, I would, could not have been more wrong. Because, Ben, the biggest thing with the Yankees at this point, first off, they're 40 and 15, 55 games in. 40 and 15. The Blue Jays, who are 11 games over 500, after a, a pretty sluggish start, they finally started hitting with runners in scoring position. The Blue Jays are seven games behind the Yankees, despite being 11 games over 500. That 11 games over 500 would be leading two other divisions in baseball, including the AL Central. And Ben, the way the Yankees are built, the biggest thing, because you have a lineup, and again, their health, they've battled some injuries, but the biggest thing is that Aaron Judge has stayed healthy so far, and Aaron Judge may end up having, if he stays healthy this whole year on this pace, he's going to end up with about a 13 war, which would be one of the greatest seasons of all time. But their bullpen, even with Araldis Chapman basically being ineffective and hurt, finding Clay Holmes, who, again, it's kind of amazing how they find these guys. Clay Holmes, who was legitimately bad in Pittsburgh, now is the best reliever in baseball so far this year. And I'm at a point, then where it is going to take a lot for the Yankees, A, to not win a division, but B – if they have home field advantage in the playoffs, in a short series, I trust them against either of those teams in the AL East. I don't think Tampa's anywhere near the level that they usually are, even though they are still a good team. The Blue Jays short series, I'll take the I'll take the better pitching, which the Yankees, even though the Blue Jays improved their starting pitching, and have two guys who, in theory, should be true frontline guys, and in uh, Gosman, who has been, who has not this year. And then, of course, your guy Manoa, who has been quite good so far this year. But, Ben, I, the problem with betting anything Yankee related is these numbers are too short now. Two to one to win the AL, laying $2 to win the AL East. But they are so far and away the best team for 55 games. It is hard to ignore what they are. And if you put them in the series against anyone in the AL, I would, I would, I, I would lay a, a series spread probably at this point. That'd probably be the way you'd get to it. Again, we have months and months and months from now, but they are just so much better than everybody else.
3: Well, and I get that. I think a lot of people are going to say, "All right, now it's too short. You, you know, there's not value." But you look at Fangraphs. I mean, they're at seventy-three point four percent now to win that division, and that's in a division that it's is It's a great really, division. Really it's the best
2: one in baseball. It's a really
3: good division. They're you're, you're nearly seventy-five percent on June eighth. And I think a lot of it is we've. I think the the general thought in the past on the Yankees has always been they're super top heavy, and as a result, when these guys who've had injury issues in the past, like an Aaron Judge or a Giancarlo Stanton, go down, they they are they are weakened to the point where there's just not a lot of consistency. And same deal in the in the bullpen. And keep in mind, you mentioned Chapman. Like it's not just him. You have Lauda to get out on the IL. You have Chad Green, who's been really, really good. Chad for them. Green's
2: done for the year with Tommy right. John, and, yep.
3: And and of course Zach Britton, who's we don't know when he'll if if he'll come back at all uh, this year after the Tommy John from last season. So in the this is a Yankee team that in the past you're you're completely right, Jeff, with with the guys that are out and the the types of positions that they are in. This is a team that just wouldn't have much depth behind them. But some like some of the little moves they have made, and I mean the Rizzo trade has been tremendous for them. You look at them top. If you look at the major six categories, both hitting and pitching, they're they're top ten in every single hitting category, including number one in homers, two in OPS. They're top four in every starting pitching category, which is pretty ridiculous, and they're top ten in every uh, relief pitching category. So this is not just a top-heavy, like traditional, okay, Yankees team with a bunch of stars and scrubs who we're just going to inflate in the market because they're they're the Yankees. This is actually like a legitimately, like from top to bottom, a team that is as good as uh, as any right now, and it's. You know, I'm, I'm not at all surprised to see the numbers go where they are. I don't know that they're actually too short, Jeff. I, I think the numbers are fair now. It just it took us a little time to get there because of the perceived uh, challenges and the perceived strengths
2: of that division that they're in. And well, and also too, you're dealing with it like you said. It's the best division in baseball. I don't think you can argue that. It, it's better than. It is much better top to bottom than the NL West because Boston and Baltimore, again, the, the, the fourth place Red Sox right now would be the 16 in the American League. You'd be looking at four AL East teams right now making the American League playoffs if they started today. And then Baltimore, you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday off the air, Ben. The Baltimore Orioles are they're not good by any stretch, but they're they are a reasonable team in a tough out this year. Nine games under, they're 500 at Camden Yards. That is a great division. The Yankees are just running right through uh I, the rest of the al look i i don't i the white Sox probably do end up winning that division if you can get a plus price to win the al central i don't mind it but i i just don't like the way that team has looked at any point this year battling injuries uh, i don't like Larusa at this point games completely passed them by as we know i i don't i i don't trust them they they, they kind of feel like they were last year ben where we thought this year would be the le- year they take the leap. It may end up being next year the White Sox truly take that leap to being a, a legitimate World Series contender. The, the Astros and the Yankees are going to get the 1-2 in the AL. Whoever wins at Central is going to have to play a wild card series, best of three against more than likely the sixth seed in the American League. Well, actually not more than likely. It would be the sixth seed in the American League. It doesn't matter what the records of the wild cards are. The third division champion would be the three seed. On the NL side, uh, look, Ben, very, very simple here. The Dodgers and the Mets, to me, are in a different class than everyone else. The Mets uh, right now are uh, still awaiting more word on Pete Alonzo's injury. He took a fastball to the hand last night, left the game. Initial x-rays were negative, but going over more uh, tests today. So that is something to monitor, especially if you took an Alonzo MVP ticket, who, uh, squarely in the mix. But then after that, after the Mets and the Dodgers, who I think are a square above, the team to watch out for is the Braves, who the Braves have won six straight games. Acuna has homered three times in the last two days. The Braves are the dangerous team in the NL right now. And and look, you, you're looking at the way that this is all going to play out. There are obviously the Brewers and the Cardinals going to be in a dogfight most of the year in the NL Central. But the Those two teams, the two teams out west behind the Dodgers, the Padres and the Giants, and the Braves more than likely, I guess you can throw the Phillies in there if you want. I don't think, I think this hot streak is more of a a mirage more than anything, but you are looking at in the NL side, those teams, those five, realistically for four spots. The Cardinals, the Brewers, the Padres, the Giants, and the Braves. And if you're looking at teams to be threats in the playoffs, Atlanta, to me, is the one that is the biggest threat. More than likely. Now, again, the Brewers, like like Josh said, has always had some problems beating up on good teams, beat up on bad teams. You Don't see bad teams in the postseason. Jason Weingarten, he's coming your way next. The numbers game here on Visa.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.